being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560, Hour 2. Got another couple of hours for you. And if you got any questions for us, call in 303-477-5600. Question of the day, by the way, as you guys all know, what is something that you own or have owned that you can't talk about? And it might go along with what we're going to talk about with Ernie from Worldwide Auto. Ernie, welcome. How are you? Good. How's it going? I'm good. And uh, today is April 1st, April Fool's Day, which, no, you're not here to... uh, Give us a joke, and it's not a joke having you here because we love the relationship we have with you guys. And you guys have helped a ton of our listeners already, Ernie, and and I appreciate that very much. We've had so many comments of folks that you guys have either helped buy a car or take a car they've got and sell it. And talk to us about how all that works at Worldwide Auto. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me as well. Um, Definitely uh, appreciate your guys' support as well. Um, So... Um, I'm the consignment manager with Worldwide. Um, basically, what I do is I I, I uh, get evaluation of your vehicle, um, get it, you know, get to see what if we could get to the numbers you're looking to get out of it, and hopefully okay. we do. And then, uh, you know, we bring the vehicle in. It goes through uh, a full detail inspection, the photo process, get it to, get it listed on our site plus uh, uh, some partner sites that we do. Um, but uh, overall, just a really good and smooth process. Uh, I hear I hear a lot of people talk about um, their their first time or a new experience consigning a vehicle, and, and I, you know it, it's a little weird ha- having somebody have your baby. But um, it's definitely I, I feel like it's a great process to go through. No, and again, you've so far. I, I well, I'll just. I'll just tell you, we've not had a single complaint yet. The way you guys make things work, we've had numerous people that have gone through the process you just mentioned a moment ago, call in and talk about how seamless it is, and you take the whole headache out of that. Because a lot of folks with classic cars, of course, just don't know where to go with that car, how to sell it, who to sell it to. And the reality is you've got the network already established on how to market that car. Right, right. Big time, way more than what anybody on an individual basis would be able to do, and that's that's our largest thing is is is, is exposure, right? Um, you know, if we like you said, we already had kind of have the platform set up, and that's that's the main reason why you use a consignment company. Um, it, it could be difficult on your own, you know, Craigslist and the internet with the way it is these days. It's it's sketchy. You don't know who's that's right. who's there. Well, when it comes to classic cars, especially. Ernie, you you don't know who's trying to scam you. You don't know who's real. In a lot of cases, the cars are going to have to be delivered outside of our particular area or somebody has to come here to get the car. You take all of that risk, if you would, out of the equation. Absolutely. Yeah, so we will. And, and there's no upfront out-of-pocket expenses either. Correct. So Correct. We, we arrange for the vehicle to get in to us um, if, if you can't. Um, 
and and then you know, start that process. The other thing I want you to mention too, Ernie, because I've I've been through you guys' facility. I need to come back by again because it's just a joy to be there. But for somebody looking for a car, I want to make sure I mention that as well because you guys have got literally. I don't know. I don't know how many cars are indoors. I don't want to give the number out. I'll let you do that. But you guys have got hundreds of cars literally inside where if somebody's looking for something, you most likely have something you can fill the bill with. Absolutely. So, yeah, we have an 80,000-square-foot indoor showroom um, in, in there. We typically average, you know, and the, and the numbers fluctuate, obviously, all the time, but sure. around two, around 200 to, to 250. Okay. Um, during during uh during the COVID times, I think we were down to like around 150. Um, it was it was a little bit crazier, but uh, now I mean we're we're pretty stocked. You walk in there, like you said, you walk in, and I mean it's it's bumper to bumper cars. The other thing too about you guys, I want to make sure that I'm clear on this for everybody listening. You guys also specialize in cars that you can drive. Yes, there's an occasion where you guys will have a car that's a 10 out of a 10, but normally. Ernie, you guys have got cars that literally somebody else had. They were probably driving it, or maybe they weren't, and that's partly why they decided to go ahead and sell the car off. You guys run that car through your sort of, if you would, repair side, not that you're doing you know, restoration or anything like that, but you're making that car you know, roadworthy, if you would, Ernie, so that when that car leaves, it's a driver. I don't want, I don't want people to think for any minute they're getting a you know, 10 out of a 10, but you guys specify all of that, the pictures you show that, and if they come down and look at it, of course, they'll see it in person. Yes, absolutely. So we will, we, we will do some uh, minor repairs to make sure it's obviously roadworthy. But, yes, driver quality um, is, is definitely kind of where we're at, right? I mean, we do have some, some good some good 10 out of 10s like you say but we we do like to focus on that um that buyer who's looking to purchase something that they can enjoy and have fun not not really worry you know but then still put their personal touches on it you right. know um i mean they're classic cars we all know they I mean I'm, I'm i'm an i'm an old guy and i need a lot of work <laughs> you know so so it's always going to be continuous that's you know, right with, with that process that's and, right and we have we have that vehicle for you no i i, I think I, I appreciate you saying that you give everybody a nice baseline so if they want to make a car 10 out of 10 okay fine buy a car from you get that process started now for everybody listening as well i want to make sure we're clear on this ernie you price them accordingly as well and that's something to remember if you're wanting to consign the car and it's not a 10 out of 10 so if it you know if you're thinking you're going to get a 10 out of 10 price for a car that's an 8 out of 10 you're not going to get 10 out of 10 price or any because somebody else is not going to pay that money for the car that's where you guys come along and help put realistic expectations into what the car is worth absolutely absolutely yes and 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 as long as and I, you know we're transparent i mean you're right once again when it comes to the internet all this information is free Right. I mean, we're we're just showing you where we feel, you know, and what we see in the market. And, you know, that's 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 what the numbers are at the end of the day. And I say this often, the vehicle is worth what anybody else is willing right. to pay. Looks like a house or anything else. OK, one question yep. for you, though. How do you because it's a question I haven't asked you guys yet. How do you overcome the guy that's watching, you know, Meekum or Barrett Jackson, and he sees a, you know, 69 Camaro roll through there. The car is a original ZL1 car, brings $740,000, and this guy's got a 69 Camaro that maybe isn't even all original. It's not numbers matching. It's had some other stuff done to it. How do you set that realistic expectation that, no, sir, this car is not worth 720000 In fact, it's probably not even worth what a full numbers matching car is. How do you set that expectation? 
you know, we just we we will bring we'll bring comparables to the table and we'll just say, hey, here's here's what you have. Okay. You know, you know, here's here's what we see. So, you know, and, and those expectations, especially auctions. I mean, you got a couple of guys, you know, battling over over right. a, a particular vehicle they like. You know, we're we're trying to set the market for anybody within reason, within range, with what makes sense for that car. And and it's like I said, that that information is free to everybody. We just we know we just that's what we do for a living. So we're we're looking at it more often. Right. I appreciate that, by the way, because again, I think it sometimes there's some unrealistic expectations you know grandma's got a car the the you know the grandson thinks that the car is worth x amount of money because he saw a car similar than you know similar to that go through one of the auctions and the reality is you have to sit down and say well yeah but here's the differences in the car you own versus that car and you just have to set those expectations right yeah absolutely and and we want to we want them to understand too so a lot of it a lot of the process is education right i mean because I want them to understand and feel comfortable. And like you said, some people don't know, but if you see something on TV, it's like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> I got one of those in my garage. Can I get 100000 Can I get 700000 I mean, the likelihood is very, very slim. It's, it's, you know, it's like having the lottery, right? You, you're not going to hit it every time. You know, but you might have something that's that's decent. It's that that's going to work. Yep. No, you you are one hundred percent correct. All right. So, next step: if somebody's looking to either buy a classic car or they've got a car that they want to sell, and that's something else I should ask you too. What do you guys consider classic? So, if somebody's out there, you know, they're even doing some spring cleaning, they've got some stuff, you know, parked around, or maybe there's an estate and somebody's passed away. What cars, you know, what what age cars are you looking at, Ernie? And what do you consider a classic? So we we want to remain vintage classic, and and what we see, you know, this this question is is tough because um, I mean we define it twenty five years or older sometimes, but that's not really a reality. I mean we would like to stay under eighty five, right? Nineteen eighty five and and older keeps us um, who we are. But I mean now with the change of times. You know, we're starting to see 90s vehicles that are becoming more, you know, more relevant to to a classic. I mean, you know, not not all the way there yet, but the buyers of that that group are are starting to purchase purchase those, you know, those like those Fox bodies. You right. Know, with the Ford. Right. Good point. We're seeing we're seeing that stuff a lot more popular, and the value's rising. So, um, so it's not necessarily know, overall, the age; it's more the car itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So. If if it if it's you know uh, you know I say newer but in the '90s and it has low miles and in great condition, you know I mean absolutely all day and night. But obviously our focus is under 85, 1985. Okay. Yeah, because to your point, some of the late '90s Chevy trucks are starting to become more and more all, popular and are becoming almost a quote unquote vintage truck, so they would apply, right? Absolutely, absolutely, okay. and you'll see a lot of those on um, with us at Suburbans. Yes, um, good you know point. the bigger vehicles are are definitely uh you know being being purchased more and more and more all right guys listening you can call them 877-422-1570 they're listed on our website as well so if you go to drive-radio.com you'll see them listed there as well ernie what's the website they should go to if they want to check things out you have an inventory and you guys by the way sign up for their newsletter that you get uh really you kind of get an advanced copy of what's coming out on thursdays if you sign up on the website what's the website ernie 
Yeah, that's our VIP you sign up for, and that's WorldwideVintageAutos.com. And autos is plural, so WorldwideVintageAutos.com. And a VIP list hits every Thursday. It's your first opportunity to see our inventory that's being launched for the week. There you go. Ernie, thank you very much, by the way. Thanks for all you do for us, by the way. The partnership's been awesome. You've helped a lot of our listeners out, and we appreciate it very much, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, and and thanks for having us. We'll do it. No, appreciate you guys very much, Ernie. And, uh, yeah, for all of you listening, it's a different way of getting either the classic car you've maybe always wanted or if you've got family members or yourself and you've got some cars you'd like to get rid of, another way to actually uh, get rid of those cars, if you would, and take that hassle factor completely out of it so worldwide vintage autos and again you can find them right on our website go to drive-radio.com all right we'll take some calls i've got a couple of text messages that came in i'll answer those as soon as we come back as well drive radio klz 560 take advantage of gino's auto service specials this month get all four of your tires rotated and we'll do a complete brake inspection for only 29.99 tires are expensive And by rotating your tires every 5,000 miles, you will get longer life and even wear. You can also take advantage of Geno's $79.99 four-wheel alignment special. Potholes seek out your tires just about wherever you drive. Coming out of the winter months, your tires and suspension can have damage from icy roads and potholes. With a four-wheel alignment, you'll get better handling and longer tire life as well. We back up all our work with the Napa Nationwide Peace of Mind Warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. 
will look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, again, appreciate the guys from Worldwide Auto calling in. That's been a great partnership we've had with them. So, yes, if you're looking for a classic car, truck, SUV, classic SUV, Bronco, Blazer, Ram Charger, etc., Scout even, they've got a lot of vehicles listed. Just go to the website and check it out. And, and again, yeah, that is a completely different world than what Josh and Justin are doing with what you guys sell. Completely different world. Very different. Not one <laughs> exactly. and the same at no, all. No. <laughs> and that's a world where, much like the used car market that you guys are in, you have got to know it, study it, know what the market trends are, what are each one of and by the way, um, a harder market to stay up on even than what you guys are in because that market is very volatile depending upon what people want at mm-hmm. any particular time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it changes. Um, you know, the older street rods, for example, the you know, 40 and older, the 40s are doing fairly well. You get much older than that. They're not doing as well at the moment. Will some of those come back? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of really good buys on... Street rods, for example, you know, 32 Fords, 34 Fords. I mean, probably vehicles that some folks have put well over $100,000 into, maybe even 150 or more that you can pick up all day long for 40, 50K. I mean, have a really, really excellent vehicle when it's all said and done for a fraction of what somebody paid to do it to the point where it's almost not worth building one on your own. If you're one of those guys that wants to build one, it's almost not worth building. You're better off to go buy one, do a few things to it to make it your own. You'd be you'd be better money spent doing that than even starting from scratch on some of these. It's just it's it's again that market changes. There's ebbs and flows to it, and you you have to know what the market's doing. And of course, the guys at Worldwide do. Question of the day: What is something you own or have owned that you could never talk about? And uh, again, it, some of this is more for the the funny stories that that come along. And and yes, usually it's something that is you know husband wife you know kind of that end of things although it could be any number of things it could be something that you just don't want other people to know you have for whatever reason and by the way it could be people that are close to you know about it but you haven't told anybody else outside of that world that you have it so anyway i thought that'd be a good question of the day to throw out and yes today is april 1st a live show today by the way so 303-477-5600 all right got a text message that came in have a 2012 f550 6.7 power stroke. Keep getting check engine light checked with the Snap-on Elite scanner that says the MAP-MAF throttle correlation at the high load. Replace the MAF sensor and throttle control switch after 20 to 90 miles. Check engine light keeps coming back on. Same code. Any ideas? 
I would look for a vacuum leak. I mean, it doesn't really have vacuum, but because... The, well, they the, the make, look, make vacuum through a pump. Right, they do. But basically, so the mass airflow sensor and the throttle aren't seeing... They're so not it, it assumes that the, the throttle plate is wide open or closed, okay. and it doesn't see that reading on the mass airflow sensor because you're going to have a difference in what we call grams per second through right. the mass airflow sensor. Right. So the tube could be loose, it could be cracking the tube, or maybe the actual throttle body is starting to go out. Oh, which okay. Which I, I have had a... Because on on a diesel, we only use the throttle body to close to make vacuum to let the EGR system work. Right, that's it. And that's it, because we don't no need, we don't need a throttle body at that's all. Right. There's no vacuum needed. All old diesels didn't have one. No, they didn't have them at all. So they, are, they all ran, the throttle all ran off of how much fuel you put into the engine. That was it, yep. Totally. Just the, how many CFNs of fuel you put into You raised that injector pump up or down, and that was your idle and your throttle and how things worked. And it wasn't until we got EGRs that we got throttle plates on diesels. Correct. And, and it, by the way, it has nothing to do with compression braking or anything along those lines. It's only for the emission side. Right. Yeah, the compression braking is either on the turbo or the old school ones where we actually had, you know, a brake in, in the, the pipe. exhaust, an exhaust right. brake. Yeah. So that's what I would check. I would make sure that, you know, there's not a leak between the mass airflow sensor and the throttle plate. Okay. On it. All right. So, Scott, if you're listening, there's that answer. Uh, same Scott also, 97 Ford F250, 460, need to install a new rebuilt distributor, need some guidance. Um, been a while since doing it. Well, that's one where you got to make sure you put it back in exactly the way that it comes out or the timing will be off. And typically the way to do that is with a little touch-up paint, you know, or a yellow marker or a Sharpie, something where you can actually mark where things are going to be. So what you want to do is mark the body of the distributor now in relation to where it sits on the block. Mm-hmm. And then you have to mark and know where is the rotor position. So you take the cap off. You have to make a mark to know where the rotor position is in regard to the body. And all of that needs to go back in the exact same way. Exactly. Because that one, the timing is set by the computer, so you literally have to just put it back in exactly the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. Nothing can change. Nope. Now, that sounds really easy, but everything on the the bottom gear of the distributor may not be exactly the same as the one coming out. So you just have to be really careful and make sure you get that thing set back in there the exact same way. Because the distributor, for everybody that maybe doesn't know this, the distributor runs the oil pump. It does. And that's where things get a little bit off. Let's say the shaft isn't exactly clocked, quote-unquote, the same way as the old one. It may not want to fit in and go in exactly the same way. So you just you sometimes even have to move the pump a little bit to make sure everything will go back in and line up exactly the way the old one came out. Yeah, that's always a problem. It seems like the pump drive gear, even though... The rotor is in the same position. The pump drive gear seems to be different on every distributor you install. Correct. And that's where you've got to make sure everything lines up because otherwise it will not go back in the exact same way, and it has to, or it will not run. And you have to remember, as as you drop the distributor in and it splines with the cam gear, it also turns 20 degrees, 15 to 20 degrees that it goes in. So it might be in line as you go to drop it in, and then by the time it's down and seated, it just fell out of time. That's right. That's right. Um... Let's see. What's the next one here? Really quick. Sorry about that. Let me check. Um, Distributor. You guys are talking Chinese to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Tiny lights and <laughs> plug wires and all that stuff. Uh, somebody says I, Somebody said that my answer would just be crush the truck because he's not a Ford diesel fan. Well, I'm not really a Ford diesel <laughs> fan. The 6.7s are better than some of the 
older ones. And the six liters actually are, are fine as long as you do all of the upgrades to them. And these guys sitting here know what I mean by that. A six liter Ford is, is okay. You just have to spend money on it to get it to the point to where it's really going to be solid and reliable. Now, I also will say this. There were some six-liter Fords back in the day where they were solid and reliable right out of the factory. Unfortunately, the next one that came out wasn't. I mean, literally, it was a luck of the draw. It was like rolling dice at the crap table to determine which one of these was going to be good versus which one wasn't going to be. Now, I will say this. If a six-liter Ford is still running today and it hasn't had a ton of major work done on it, and it's got you know, 100,000 miles plus, it was probably one of the good ones that came out because they never would have got that far to begin with. I must have one of the good ones. Am I I've saying got, that right? I've got one yeah. with 165, and I've got a 6742, and I love both of them. And back in the day, I owned numerous of those and still actually owned some 6-liter Fords. They were just you know one of those where they were bought, paid for. They weren't bringing a lot of money, so why get rid of them? You might as well keep them. And I ended up with two or three that actually were really solid. Now, I will tell you, out of the out of the probably seven or eight that I owned, only two or three ended up being solid, and I still own them. The rest of them I had to overtime get rid of because they just were not good vehicles. So, yeah, if you find a 6-liter Ford today that hasn't had a lot of work done and it's reliable and it's running, um, yeah, am I opposed to buying one? Absolutely not. Would I own a 6-4? No. No. No, no absolutely no. not. No. Don't touch that truck. They were disasters. You know, we can make a 6-liter good we can't fix a six yeah, four. six fours were that was just sort of this albatross of okay we didn't like what international did i'm, I'm ford now talking we didn't like what international did so we're going to add a few things to it on our own we'll just screw it up even more than it was to begin with and we'll call it a six four mm-hmm. and lines of those six o's we're actually starting to see the prices go up on those trucks because they don't have the emissions equipment and correct. people know they yeah. can correct you can modify them and, them and do things to it that's right they're yeah. not super hard to work on yeah, yeah. so again I'm, I'm not opposed to to those, I'm not opposed to the late six sevens. Uh, the six sevens that, that really had the biggest issues were, of course, the first ones that came out, the ones that were, you know, 2011 to what, Josh, 2015 or so, yeah. maybe 2016, 2015, 16, yeah, 2015. Yeah. You know, after that, have they been better? Sure. Do I own them? No. Sorry, yeah. I just don't. But yeah, I like the six seven, especially. And nothing wrong with them. My biggest issue, and for all of you listening, my biggest issue on the Ford side is just the dealer network here in Denver to get the Fords handled. I just don't personally, as a fleet owner, don't have as good a luck with that as I do the other brands. That's my issue. My biggest issue is trying to turn one of those trucks. <laughs> they're the hardest out of they are the they, yeah, <laughs> well, they don't, they don't that, turn. Thank well. you. That's the other reason why we in my particular business don't own them as well as the Ford has the longest turning radius of any of the trucks out there. Dodge Ram is the tightest, Chevy is second, and Ford is the worst. And when you're plowing snow and doing other things with the truck, it's partly why we don't own too many Fords is because they have the worst turning radius of any of the three trucks that you can go buy. And another reason partially why I don't own one. Anyways, we'll come back. Anything else, you can text us a question like some have already been doing, 307 200 Call us as well. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about one of the most expensive components in your whole car, the transmission. Specifically, the transmission fluid. You see, according to the Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association, or ATRA, the number one cause for transmission failure is fluid failure. And the number one cause for fluid failure is heat. 
You see, most transmission fluids can last as long as 100,000 miles as long as the fluid stays at or below 180 degrees. According to ATRA, for every 20 degree increase in the operating temperature of that fluid, the life of the fluid is halved. That means conditions like stop and go traffic or mountain driving or the terrible Colorado weekend combination of both can quickly lead to a severe degradation of transmission fluid, thusly significantly reducing the protection needed to keep that expensive component trouble-free and fun to drive. So, what should you do? At BG, we recommend replacing any fluid prior to the point of failure. In our experience, replacing the transmission fluid every 30,000 miles and treating the new fluid with an antioxidant conditioner will protect your car for life. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Got a couple of text questions. I'll get to those in a moment. 307-200-8222 is a text line. If you have a question, let me know. We'll answer it on air as well. We'll do it on, or I'll do questions on air as well, like like a Rob from Centennial calling in right now, 303-477-5600. Rob, what's going on? Well, I was going to say, if you want to spend a lot of money and not have anybody know what you're spending, sink it into your computer. Oh, good one. <laughs> True. Hard drives, True. memory, chips, graphics cards, things like that. <laughs> yeah. The lady can walk right past to work on it a dozen times. She's not going to have any idea what beast you're learning. Good, good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> yes. Uh, and but I was coming to think of what I was talking to Larry. I realized I hadn't phrased my question right. I've got that 84 Vanagon, which I dearly love, and I okay. park it in the garage, so we actually have an extra bedroom out in the garage now. Okay. <laughs> 
But the thing is, I was going to say, I'm thinking about putting a rear view, a rear view camera into that, one of those fronts with the monitors on the front and the camera in the yep. back. Mm-hmm. But is, what would be your best suggestion for getting that thing on evenly when you're parking it in, parking it in fanny first? I've got tennis balls hanging down right in line with the edges of the garage door. I've got uh, a, mar- a marker that hits the rear bumper and starts scraping and groaning when it, it's nothing damaging. So when I hit, uh, backed up that far, but get, the devil is getting it just right on either side because if I get it too far over on one side, I can't get into the van on the other. Right. So I, I thought a rear view mirror camera, and I know those things are getting dirt cheap. Oh, they are. Cheap they are. They're, all, they're all wireless now as well, so literally you put a camera on the license plate or wherever you want to mount it, and it wirelessly talks to you know, the, the head unit that's in the that's in the uh, the dash or wherever you want to put it for that matter, uh, Rob. And, and yeah, they're, they're all done wirelessly, very easy to use now. In fact, I've got a listener that uh, we are maybe even going to do some marketing here on Drive Radio with a particular product that we have a listener that has that particular product, Rob. So stay tuned for that here in the not-too-distant future. But I would tell you that there are parking devices, little mats or even things that you pull into so that you know specifically when the wheel hits that you're right where you're supposed to be. So there's other devices, mechanical devices as well. Like those rubber mats with a bump on them. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I put those, so I'd get, what I'd do is I wouldn't, I'd get them where, where the rear tires would go and if I hit those. Yeah, I, you know, I would put it on the driver's side. So as you're looking out the driver's side mirror, you're just looking down at that particular mat. And as long as you get the tire zeroed in on that particular mat and it hits the bump, you're zeroed. That sounds like a lot less trouble than the camera thing. The cameras aren't bad. I mean, the cameras are, you know, they have an advantage in other ways. So, you know, you're pulling into a camp spot or you're pulling into a parking lot or you just want to see what's behind you in general. Are there kids back there? Things like that. Uh, They have their advantages for that. Parking, I don't know that there's a huge advantage on parking given some of the other devices we just mentioned that are out. Okay, thank you. That's very helpful. And that's uh, anything besides the, the mats. I was—I don't have those laser things. You're supposed to get the laser. The mats, right I think, when it's all said and done, to just lay one of those down and make sure you're pulling into that square, I, it's pretty foolproof and pretty cheap. That sounds like a good combination. Well, good now, if you wanted to uh, do that inexpensively, Rob, you can get parking lot paint, tape the area off. Put a little, you know, glue a little, you know, something down to the ground so when you back into it, you know your stop. But you could put your own lines on the floor pretty easily. That's a thought, too. And that's what we do with our alignment rack. Exactly. We paint lines down exactly. the alignment rack for Very two easy different for that. sizes. And that's right. Put the edge of the tire right on it and drive it on. Yep. And they, and they right, sell, right, you know, right, at Home right, Depot and big box stores as far as something to pull up to. Yeah. Go find something that's got a little lip on it that you can, you know, put right down on the, you know, glue right down to the floor, and away you go. So you don't have to spend money on one of the expensive mats. Yeah. Well, I suppose I could just get some really serious tape. You could. You could. It does tend to wear off, especially in the snow that we have. The paint it would work could, better. The paint would, yeah. Just get a chalk line, snap it down straight, and you know, tape it off and paint a big white stripe. Right white, where yellow, the ti- right where the tire use. goes. They make three colors: white, yellow, blue. Pick, yeah. you know, pick this your poison and go. Advice, gentlemen, thank you so much. That's easy. Take care, guys. All right, Rob. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, for a lot of you listening, to where maybe you've got a particular something we've never talked about before, but if you've got a an area where it's kind of a challenge, not that you're parking challenge, but you've got a challenge in getting into that same spot, much like Rob's talking. And I know Rob very well. It's not a matter of Rob pulling in. It's pulling in exactly the same time every time to where everything around you works. You can get all the doors open and even maybe work on the vehicle a little bit, much like Josh said that shops use for alignment machines and so on, or even other bays. There's all sorts of things we do 
in shops to align the car the same way every time, align it in the spot the same way every time. We just put lines on the floor where a technician or whoever can look at those lines. And if you know you're, you got your tires even front to back, you know you're squared up and you can put a little rubber stop at the bottom if you want or however you want to do that. There's all sorts of devices you could use to put down you know, on the ground itself to pull back against it or, you, or, or use the tennis ball hanging down. I just hate those because when you're walking around the garage – you know, without any vehicle there, you're, I don't know, that thing's always wrapping around your head some way, somehow. At least it is for me. You're always banging always, yeah. into it. So I don't particularly care for the tennis ball thing. I like I like something physically on the floor to where if you know you need to back in the same way every time, there you go. Yeah, we've got yeah. those plates at Ridgeline that we drive the uh, front passenger or the front uh, driver's side wheel over. Yeah. And you can actually feel it. You mm-hmm. can feel it rock into that spot, so yeah. you know you're in the lift spot. I mean, even a little piece of angle iron, honestly, guys, yeah, a, a regular good. angle iron glued to the floor. I mean, you're not going to – once you hit that angle iron, the tire is going to stop. There's multiple ways to pull into a spot the exact same way every time and yet still be able to utilize your garage for other things, which most folks do. So, yeah, if, you, if you've got something where you want the – the vehicle pulled in the exact same way every time. There's a few little pointers for you. And, yeah, they make all sorts of little fancy mats now that you can put down and pull onto and all that, which is great, providing you glue that to the floor, because if that moves, now, you, now you've got issues. So if you're wanting to pull in the exact same way every time, yes, there's multiple ways to do that. And really paint on the floor, marking that out works very, very well. Now, if you've got a really nice garage where you've got you know garage floor and it's all epoxied up and so on then you might want to use some high-end tape like Mm -hmm. rob was talking about and just tape a section out where you've got to replace the tape periodically because you don't want to paint the nice floor you have Mm -hmm. there are ways around that as well as all know i've talked about this numerous times i use the i use the big floor mats you park on because i don't like all the crap in the garage so I pull onto a mat that collects all the debris and crap that would fall. Even this last week on Monday, we had enough rain, you know, enough snow and crap on the road and so on that pull back in later, you're going to have that stuff dripping down. I'm a guy that likes the mats. Now, the other advantage the mats have is when you pull on the mat, you know if you're squared up or not. As I was just talking to Rob about, by backing onto the mat, you can see that in the rearview mirror and know whether or not I've squared up on the mat itself. So there's multiple ways to do this, but I'm in the wintertime. I don't use them all summer because... I figure if I'm not parking on them 12 months out of the year, I'm making the mats last a little longer, and I'm just kind of that guy because in the summertime I don't use them. But in the winter, I love those mats because it literally keeps the garage that much cleaner because that debris and everything falling off the car is falling onto the mat, not onto the floor of the garage. And they'll people think, well, how much water can they hold? You'd be shocked. A lot. You take a you know one, one-and-a-half-inch lip around a... 18 foot long by seven or eight foot wide mat you know you tell me how much water it holds several storms and typically it'll evaporate between the storms and what happens is they just get so dirty that eventually you got to roll them out and then wash those off folks are going to ask where do i buy those i used to buy them directly online from a company that sold the mats but now that they become more popular places like amazon and so on you can buy a they call it a garage floor mat if you just go in and Google or, or look at Amazon, it's garage floor mats. They sell them in multiple sizes depending upon the length that you want, and you buy them, throw them out. Now, they come with little Velcro tabs. You can glue them to the floor. I don't use any of that crap. Okay, I just park on them. 
because I'm moving them in and out enough to clean them during the winter even that I don't want them glued to the floor. They'll they'll stick to the floor enough on their own just from the moisture and stuff that gets under the mat because it will have some things that accumulate. They're not moving around anyway, so I just do that, move them in and out, wash them up, and away you go, and it just keeps the the uh, the garage that much cleaner. Now, for those of you where like me, where you enter the house from the garage in most cases, which is the way most houses are built, you would be surprised at how cleaner it keeps the house as well by doing that. Because you're not tracking all of that stuff that's from the garage into the house. And a lot of you, I know, you'll have mats and things to clean your shoes or boots or whatever. But if you're just, think about this, if you're not walking through it in the first place, it's never coming in the house. All that stuff stays on the mat. You climb out, you jump over them, you know, you you have your foot over the mat when you get in and out, so you're never really having your foot in that dirt and water and so on. And it's just an easy way to keep things clean. And all of us know what that's like when you pull a car in after a storm. You guys in the shop especially, that stuff just drips all over. Yeah. Does that help your epoxy floor too? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That All that other stuff that's coming off the salt, the mag, and so on, the brine, that stuff's not sitting on top of your nice epoxy floor, Justin, to your point. So it makes all of that last and look that much better. And they're not that expensive. At one time, those mats were not cheap. They were two and probably two hundred fifty bucks. They're down now to a hundred bucks or so. Again, with anything, the more of them they build and the more popular they become, the cheaper they get. You can now buy a mat for about a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, and and the, the and and I'm still using some of mine. Just some of you ask, well, how durable are they? Some of my mats now are. I got to think back to this. Are probably ten years old now. Wow, that's a long time. And I'm still using them. So do the math on 100 bucks, and you get 10-plus years' life out of it. How much each year did you spend to keep the garage floor clean? 10 bucks. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's cheap when, you, when it's all said. Anyways, that, that's my story on the mats and so on and parking. I've got more text messages that have come in. We'll answer those here in just one moment. Don't go anywhere. If you've got other questions, text us or call us. 303-477-5600. Lines are open. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. 
Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Somebody said they've had one of those mats in their garage for 27 years. It's just now starting to curl up a little on the outer edges. I'll tell you how long those things will last. Somebody also said a pressure-treated 2x4 for that stop. You could just cut a short 2x4 that's you know pressure-treated and glue that down to the floor. Yeah, that would work as well, so thanks. That's a great tip uh, on those lines. All right, so this is for Justin. Have a friend who owns a daycare center looking for a transit van in very good condition. Could you help locate one? Yeah, absolutely. We're looking for a transit van, like passenger van or yes, cargo sounds van. Like, so no, it sounds like passenger. passenger van. Yeah. All yeah, right, so Justin, give your number out for this person. So you can reach me at 303-442-4141. And yeah, just let me know what kind of price range you're looking at, and I'll track you one down. Okay. And I texted that bag, that number back to you as well, so you guys also have that. Next question, first car with aluminum heads. Want to know if it matters if the engine is warm or cold when it comes to changing spark plugs? Cold, usually. Okay. That's what I like. Yeah, because they're not as expanded. Exactly. Okay, so cold. Got it. Okay. Uh, one last question. Uh, 2016 F350 6.7 diesel with close to 100K. When would you replace the belts and hoses and replace every single fluid for a deeper maintenance it's been a good truck what's due at 100k everything by the way well, you're past you due on some stuff right yeah. um serpentine belt i'm sure is worn out at that point mm-hmm. um but fluids should have been done and in 100k i would times. do hoses at that point on a diesel at 100k i would go ahead and do hoses yeah because you're digging in so far to get hoses and that belt off of those Just things do it all. it's not easy right flush, Every, the, flush the coolant while you're at yeah, it it's a big a thing on cords. flush on yep. both the sides because it has both cool, two cooling right. systems in it, so flush them both and put that Ford additive in it. Yep, because it's it probably has told you that 12 for the cavitation already, thing. That's right, right for the cavitation and get the filters, as in the fuel filters, right. both of them. Do all that and all the fluids and all your fluids. So tranny the whole nine diffs the whole nine yards. Yep. Your diffs, brakes, phase, everything tran- you're due for everything. Transmission, yeah, all the. And fluids. If you can't do that yourself, find somebody local to you, and if you need some advice, let me know where you're at, and I can help you out with that. But yeah, all of that you're due. You're 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 like Justin said, even you're overdue on some of that. So, Paul and Fort Collins, you're next. Go ahead, Paul. 
Uh, I guess I'd like to comment on the car mats. Yes. I've uh, had these in my garage for about eight to ten years, uh, full length, maybe six foot wide, seven foot wide. And the only problem I've had with these in recent years is that they're starting to stretch ah. uh, and creating tri uh, trip points. Okay. Other than that, so, good? Uh, other than that, good. They're excellent. You pull them out in the summer or even in the winter and wash them off and they keep your garage floor really clean. I bought these in Grand Junction from a company in Grand Junction. Okay. Yeah, I, again, I, I'm the same as you, Paul. I've had mine for probably 10 years or so now. Not too much in the way of of stretching, although I, I'll be honest, I don't I don't walk on the mats themselves even when the car is not parked on it, so they may have a few places that way. I just don't walk on them, you know, because typically they're dirty and I just stay off of them. I just use the car to get on and off them. I will say that, you know, periodically, even in the winter, you've got to kind of square them up and move them around a little bit, and I like you. I mean, whenever, whenever they're dirty, if there's a nice... Not this last winter has been easy to do, but if there's a nice halfway decent day where I know I can get the the water off of them in the in the winter time, I'll pull them out, rinse them off with a power washer, and put them back in. Yeah, they're really great. Yeah, only way to go in my opinion. If you're not using them, you're missing out. Yep, for sure. Literally, Paul. Thank you. Great right. testimonial. No, I appreciate that very much. And yeah, folks, they're, they're really. It sounds very complicated. It's not. Just measure out, you know, what I would do is measure how long your garage floor is. I don't care if the mat's a little longer than the car. Just, you know, you try to not walk on the mat. So if you've got a bench or a wall or something, try to be a little bit off of that. But measure the car with a tape measure. And if you're, you know, if your car is, you know, 14 foot long, get a 16 foot long mat. If it's 16 foot long, get an 18 foot long mat. I mean, they make them in all different lengths. Get a mat that you think will work for the majority of what you're parking on it and you're done. It's that simple. Somebody sent me a text message on an announcement. Uh, GM pre-announces the Corvette ZR2. Uh, interesting vehicle, and it shouldn't say Corvette on it. And I'm not a fan of GM <laughs> taking the Corvette name and making it for SUVs and other things. While it looks kind of cool, um, I'm still not a fan. And I don't like the fact GM's doing that. The Corvette needs to stay its own car if you would yeah they can have variations of it as far as the hybrid and the z06 and so on but it needs to stay its own car if they want to do some variations of that call it something other than a corvette they already got rid of pontiac and oldsmobile and i don't know what they're everybody doing else so why why do they need to go back to that starting a new line again and ford and made Hummer. the mustang right the mustang suv yes yeah Keep, I don't know. These guys keep, at the top the just don't know what they're tool. doing. I'm sorry. They just don't know what they're doing. So Don and Littleton's next. Go ahead, Don. Welcome. Hey, hi, John. Nice hey, to Don. Talk with you guys. You too. I, did, I was interested to hear when you discussed um, what BG additives should be used with direct injection engines, but how about those of us that have port injection engines? I, I have an 07 Tacoma and a 15, I mean a 16 Honda. And they're both port injection. Okay. Yeah, 44K. Yeah, you, you still want to do 44K annually. I don't know if I would worry about it more than once a year, Don, but 44K annually. Uh, EPR, that's more of a mileage situation on a non-port injected vehicle. And if you do your oil changes correctly, you know, which you do, and all that's done on a timely basis, and you keep your maintenance up, which you do, I don't know. I probably would look at EPR at maybe a 50,000 mile mark or so it's not necessary to do it every single oil change like it is on a direct injection vehicle okay. now the moa that's optional if you want to run moa at every oil change not gonna hurt anything okay okay at all it's and it not, will help it will help but it's not as, as it's not a uh, have to not a have to as with direct injection 
the direct injection, it's becoming a have-to because of the design of the engine, yes. Yes, 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 I hear you. Well, I appreciate knowing that. I, Good question, I, by the way, Don, because most are probably asking the same thing. Because mm-hmm. to your point, not every vehicle on the road is direct injection. In fact, there's still some new vehicles made, trucks and such, that don't have direct injection. So it's not every vehicle, but by and large it is now. Yeah, some yeah. cars are using a mix now, too, yeah. so that the back of those intake valves are getting clean. Right. right. Toyota oh. will, will fog them. Yep. Right. Because yep. they know there's an issue with not doing that. Exactly. And I like to sure. use MOA on non-direct injection cars because pretty much everything has VVTI, variable valve timing. Good yeah. point, and Josh. And we need to keep all these ports Good open point. because we're not just using the motor oil to lubricate. We're using it as a hydraulic fluid. Great yeah. point. And right. it has to go through all these tiny, minuscule passages, and that MOA helps keep yep. buildup happening in those passages. Yeah, oh, and especially for some of you guys that have the GM, you know, a, a cylinder deactivation and so on, that's another example of you talk about little teeny ports, that one, Don. In fact, I think that engine gets a bad rap in a lot of cases because there has been failures in that, but I often wonder, is it the failure of the engine itself or just the lack of maintenance of the person that owned it prior, and did they just not train everybody on what they should be doing, much to what Josh is saying, when that car was sold in the first place? Right. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, exactly I've it. always used BG44K, and uh, I think I'll add MOA on my annual oil changes. Won't Maybe hurt. Be good, yeah, be a good idea. Yep. Both, the, both the cars have variable valve timing. It, it's a good idea to do that on those, yes. Yeah. And again, well. MOA is a product where it's never going to hurt anything. All it will do is help right. on anything. I don't care if it's a classic car. not going to hurt anything. We were using MOA back when I was a teenager, you know, Don, back in the day. So MOA has been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree. I, I appreciate knowing that. It's always a pleasure talking with you. You too, Don. Thank you very much. And, and I'm, I'm glad he asked that, by the way, because a lot of folks don't think about you know, even we at times don't think about the non-direct injection engines. And, yes, they still need some extra care. And, and I am one where a lot of folks badmouth the cylinder deactivation on the GMs. And they'll tell you the first thing to do is convert that over, take those lifters out. I'm not that guy. Um, generally speaking, if those engines were maintained properly, oil was changed as needed, you run MOA and do some things along those lines, would those engines last a very long time? Yeah. They will. They will. Uh, it, it sort of got, again, they got a bad rap, I think, mainly because a lot of people went longer and or did what the manufacturer said to do on oil changes. Problem is, manufacturers said to go far too long in the first place. There's the issue. Sort of like, Josh and I talked about this this week, it's sort of like Kia Hyundai getting a bad rap on engine failures. Now, some of those engine failures probably were due to the design of the engine. They had some issues, some metal shavings, some different things like that. But on the same token, unfortunately... And be careful how I say this, I don't want to step on toes, but unfortunately, Kias and Hyundais are typically sold to people that don't do maintenance as well as they should. It's sort of the class of individuals that buy those cars in the first place. So you often wonder, do those cars get a bad rap on some of that because of the car itself or because the people that own them don't take care of them as well as other owners of other cars do? I sold a Hyundai Tucson this year, had 165,000 miles on it when I sold it, and never had a lick of problems, but I changed the oil on that vehicle every 3,000 miles. Okay. So, so how is that a problem? I think if you're maintaining <laughs> these vehicles, I, I, I had another another person I know that was very close to that has a similar story to that, Josh, or to Justin, that along those same lines, it had well over 100,000 miles on that type of a car and had no issues with it all along the way, but did the things you're talking about. Yeah, right. Just stay on top of it. So, again, is it the 
car or is it the owners of the group of owners for that particular car that give that particular car sort of a bad taste in everybody else's mouth because they read the press, they read consumer reports, whatever the case. Keep in mind, folks, consumer reports and those particular websites out there that are looking at car repairs versus model don't take into anything into consideration of what we just said a moment ago. Zero right. does any of that data go into that that formulation, if you would, as to what's a good car versus a bad car. They're simply looking at repair data only, not the type of owner that owns that vehicle. That never gets stuck into that formulation at all. All right, we're going to come back. Another full hour coming your way. Now, what I will tell you is, as always, Larry gets really, really busy at about 12.30 on. So let's keep Larry busy all the way through the hour so we don't get a rush of calls right at the end of that hour, and we'd love to help you out. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.